In those days, as we apostles were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by soothsaying. She followed Paul and us, crying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul was annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs which it is not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's fetters were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear he fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Men, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once with all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced with all his household that he had believed in God. Peace be to you, the reader.
second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him give God the praise we know that this man is a sinner he answered whether he is a sinner I do not know one thing I know that though I was blind now I see they said to him what did he do to you how did he open your eyes he answered them I have told you already and you would not 
not listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ gives us space in order to develop a relationship with Him. He doesn't force Himself upon us, and He doesn't really distance Himself from us either. But He gives us just enough space that we can maximize and really create a relationship with Him. He usually stands beside us very meekly, very quietly, very patiently, waiting for us to turn to Him and to acknowledge Him and to engage Him. As we look at His life and throughout His public ministry, Jesus walked among His people, at times teaching them, at other times He was healing them, and sometimes He was just silent in their presence. And He moved really about His children with gentleness and with great respect. Though he desires that all of his children come to him and to accept the gift of eternal life, he will always remain very respectful of our free will. Oftentimes I believe that my sense of distance from my own Lord is really because of my own doing or my lack of vigilance in the spiritual life and in the things that I know that will draw me closer to God, though it's much easier to blame God for that sense of being distant from Him. We have this case of this blind man in today's Gospel who was the recipient of God's mercy and whose work the Son of God manifested through a miracle. In this case, and this isn't always the case, but Jesus performed this miracle in an unsolicited way. He spat upon the ground, he made clay, and then he smeared this clay on the eye sockets of the man who had been blind since birth, so that he may have sight for the first time in his life. And having done this, Jesus says to the man, Now go and wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. 
The blind man was obedient to the Lord's request. And he did just as Jesus had asked him. And he came back and he was able to see for the first time. The blind man could not see without the help of the Lord. He could have refused what Jesus was doing to him. He could have asked him not to touch him. could have asked him to stop. He could have refused to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. But he didn't. He allowed Jesus to touch him. And he was obedient to what the Lord had asked him to do. As I thought about this passage, this word always stands out to me, the word obedience. I think the word obedience is the word that often has a negative connotation associated with us. It can conjure up the feeling of being controlled or really losing one's freedom. While this certainly can be the case when it comes to our life in Christ, obedience actually is about gaining one's freedom. Obedience to the teaching of Christ, for example, liberates us from our enslavement to sin. And we can't follow the teachings of Christ and sin simultaneously. If we look at it maybe in a more practical way or in a day-to-day way, if a child is obedient to his or her parent who says, look both ways before you cross the street, then that child will cross the road safely. If we choose to follow the speed limit on the road and are obedient to the law of how fast we travel in our vehicle, we won't get a speeding ticket. So obedience actually has its benefits in the world as well. For the Christian, obedience is not slavery. Obedience is liberation and it's life-giving. Not through the mixture of spittle and dirt did the blind man receive his sight, but it was really through his obedience to go unwashed that he was able to see again. After the miracle, the blind man then had to endure a very intensive examination and we could even say interrogation by the Pharisees. But he managed because having received his sight, he had gained a lot of courage. What the Pharisees were saying, what they were claiming about Jesus and about the miracle weren't consistent with the actual miracle itself and what the man had understood when he received his sight. He couldn't understand the Pharisees' logic because he says, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners and yet this man brought sight to, to me. So how do you explain that? And to that, the Pharisees had no answer. And as often is the case with us, when we are befuddled, in a sense, in our conversation, we just turn to getting upset and angry and threatening people. And this is exactly what the Pharisees did. There was nothing more that they could say. There was nothing more that they could do to counter what this man was saying and actually what had taken place. So they turned to rage and just cast him out of the synagogue. This was their go-to action. Through God's mercy and his own obedience, this man was strengthened. And this is a valuable lesson for us. God is merciful to us, and his loving kindness is always present in our lives. And when we mingle that, because that's a daily thing, when we mingle that with our obedience to him, we gain courage and we're strengthened. And it gives us the courage and the strength then to literally endure anything that life gives to us. Finally, the blind man shows us what a small measure of faith accomplishes. We know that obedience to Christ is liberating and grants us true freedom. 
We also know that when we choose to follow Christ, we will encounter great temptations because the enemy wants to disrupt and he wants to dismantle our relationship with our Lord. Jesus asked this man, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he that is speaking to you now. And the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Through this confession of faith, the blind man gained spiritual sight. And this truly was the greater miracle. The physical miracle of gaining his sight is almost irrelevant at this point. This man confessed the Lord as God and he worshipped him. This is only possible through the Holy Spirit because nobody can confess Jesus Christ as Lord except through the Holy Spirit. And the account of the blind man receiving his sight is yet another testimony of the love of God and his unquenchable desire that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. In fact, one father of the church puts it this way. He says, The Lord speaks meekly and gently with those whom he is saving, like a good doctor with the sick whom he is healing. So he does not command this man, Believe in me, nor does he ask this of us. He doesn't force himself on him or on us with the words, I am the Son of God. Trust in me. Believe me. But he says, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. To a free and rational human being, the Lord gives space to ponder and decide for himself. The Lord stands beside us with meekness and love, and he patiently waits each and every day and each and every moment for us to turn to him and to engage him in dialogue. Sometimes I don't know if we know what to do with a person who is meek and humble. I know we know what to do with a person who is arrogant and forceful. This seems to be more of our experience and encounter in the world. In fact, it was that same meekness and same humility that St. Silouan saw in the Lord that brought him to his knees. Our Lord approaches us with the same meekness and the same humility, and he waits for us people to respond, as did the blind man, and to express our obedience to him, and to confess our faith in him, and then to receive the gift of eternal life, which he so desires to give to us. Amen.